Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear Full Flaps and to our extended interview with Alan Pollock, who as a flight lieutenant in the RAF in 1968, flew his Hawker Hunter jet fighter through Tower Bridge. A little bit of background, Alan was making a protest because at the time Harold Wilson's Labour government had denied the RAF the opportunity to mark its 50th anniversary with a flypast. All they were allowed to do was to have a few celebration dinners. It was also a time when huge defence cuts were being implemented, including the cancellation of projects such as the TSR2. Much of this was due to the Duncan Sands 1957 white paper, which wrongly foresaw missiles replacing fighter aircraft. And this resulted in the closure as well of many famous RAF airfields, and inevitably morale in Britain's armed forces was at an all-time low. One man, though, thought the government should be given something of a wake-up call. And so Flight Lieutenant Alan Pollock of Number 1 Squadron, the RAF's senior squadron, decided to hijack his own Hawker Hunter and fly it low and loud in protest over the Houses of Parliament, which he did. The Tower Bridge episode, which is what made the headlines, was only the end result of his antics as he nipped off down the Thames to get out of London as quickly as he could. Well, James and I had the huge privilege of meeting Alan in his Surrey garden on a warm summer's day during lockdown to hear his incredible story. This is Top Landing Gear. Well, James and I have come to the home of someone who has become a, a legend in wow. his own lifetime. I wouldn't say he, that. But... We would say that. He's denying it already. Mm. Uh, he is Flight Lieutenant Alan Pollock, who committed one of the most audacious acts in British aviation history when he flew his Hawker Hunter jet fighter through Tower Bridge. This was in 1968. He, has, he had a bit of grievance with things that were going on at the time. Alan, it's so lovely to be with you here in your gorgeous garden on a hot summer's day. Just remind us of the background to this legendary flight of yours. Well, um, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I was just very fortunate to end up, even though I only had 15 years in the Air Force, but I was lucky often to be in the right places because after, um, Doing my hunter conversion at Chivna, I went out to second TAF, and that was extremely good. And even though there were cuts then, and this squadron, 26 squadron that I started with, it was at Oldenburg to start with, and then I went up to Yeva. So I was on both the wings out there, and um, you know, I, it was just a very good spirit there um, over in RAF Germany or Second Tactical Air Force. And then somehow at the end of that tour, regardless of the fact that he was advised the other way, I think partly because we'd won the gunnery competition <laughs> as a squadron, I went up for an interview with the CNC and he must be in a bit desperate because I was chosen as his aide-de-camp, you know, his ADC. ADC. Yep. And really, I didn't want that at all. That was a ground tour, effectively. Yes, yep. but what was splendid was uh, he was in his last... It was Sir Humphrey Edwards-Jones... And he'd done well on the fighter side. In, in, he'd been a, a squadron commander in the Battle of Britain and beyond. He really was on his last year and knew that. Mm -hmm. So quite a lot of the time, he was back in UK. And as soon as he beetled off, I'd leave and, and go, go flying. And it was great, really. 
And that was going flying in anything that was... Yes, yeah, and I got checked out in the Javelin and the the Meteors NF11 and 14 and, well, the 7 a a bit and um, flew the Swift and, uh, oh, (laughs) what was lovely one day, the... No, that was later when I was up at Valley. A French test pilot came in with it was a Fugo, and I was asked to fly him. Oh, well. Was that the old Magister with the That's right, yeah. Mm. And it was intriguing, really, because after I'd um, landed with him, I said, OK, right, um, that's your trip now. <laughs> you, you let me fly the, the Fugo, and he let me go off it in my, um, by myself. Oh, wow. But goodness me, I nearly aborted the takeoff because <laughs> there was so little power there with the two, I forget what they were, the Marmoray, whatever they were, the, the little engines. Yeah. Because I let go with full throttle, uh, you know, the parking brake, and um, for, a, for at least 10 or 15 seconds, it seemed. I was trundling and I thought <laughs> there was something wrong, you know, that's lack of power. But of course it was just normal yeah. <laughs> and eventually it got off all right. <laughs> so I would say that those you're just sitting on a box basically, is, it, is this the seat of a magister? Is a, yeah, is it's right? interesting that, but it was seemed, um, I suppose in a way, you know, it was interesting what made good trainers in yes, a day yeah. away, wasn't it? Um, but I was very lucky to have, have the... Um, Started with a chipmunk, and then the jet provost came in, and then the balial. Mm-hmm. And the balial was marvellous, you know, as a 19-year-old, as a young 19-year-old, um, you know, snaking your way up the per- promoter track with um, with a Merlin up the front, yes. and particularly at night, and, you know, the, the exhaust, uh, you could see oh. the exhaust stubs mm, and what have you. You really felt you were cooking with gas. Yeah. But that gave me quite a lot of confidence before I got my wings, you know, to have whatever it was, four or five types. Um, And that's why I I got used to jumping in different people's aircraft. I mean, the the Navy, sorry. Sorry, you you were classed as an exceptional Oh, well, goodness me, if you've read something, it's all wrong. Um, (laughs) I was only once, uh, it was when I was up at Valley, I ended up there, you know, getting more and more flying early on and starting the second squadron there. And um, I think because the Nat had a bad name to start with. A lot of people didn't want to go on it to start with, but I loved the thing, you know, I think it was really good. Could it bite if you got it wrong? Oh, that, yeah, we bit. Yes, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. You're right, because the original one was the midge. It was, <laughs> it, it was, wasn't it? Okay, yes. your knowledge is good. Yeah, yeah. Let's come on to that a little Sorry. bit later. Now, yeah, what no. I'd love to do, really, yeah. and is just for you to recall the, the lead-up to April the 5th, 1968. So April the 1st should have been the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the RAF, but nothing had really been It was cancelled and it was denied later, but I knew, because I knew um, the leader of the Arrows then and um, other people, and um, I was able to, to check that it had been planned or talked about. But of course, at the same time, believe it or not, without my knowing, it was the week and in fact the days of the Wilson plot that came out to overthrow Harold Wilson that's right yeah which obviously he was probably feeling the heat a bit then but (laughs) 
<laughs> it was partly the fact of the, the cancellations, you see. TSR2 had been yeah. cancelled. Mm -hmm. yeah. The HS, uh, what was it, 1182, wasn't it? The, the supersonic Spitfire. Uh, have I got that wrong? Oh, yeah. 1184, wasn't it? Yeah. And also the Armstrong-Whitworth thing that was um, going to be a you know, a, a veto-type transport, that, that was cancelled too. And there was a lot, there was a fair amount of ill feeling, and, and it wasn't just the Air Force, it was the services in general. I was very lucky, really, to end up on one squadron, because we had a very good role then. We were the NATO and response squadron, if anything went wrong anywhere, to go out straight away. We had the same thing on the Pumas, we were on 33 squadron. We were, uh, really? We were called That's AMF, right. Ace Mobile Force. Yeah. So it was the Allied Command Europe it, Mobile Force, where we could... Yeah, jolly good, because that changed its name two or three times, but yeah. ended up, you're quite right, I think you tended to get the people that had done well on yeah. their advanced training. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, it, we, we had a super role there, and, you know, to be try and be ready for anything on the armament side. So April 1968, <clears throat> no fly past to mark the 50th anniversary no. of the RAF. You were at number one squadron, the most, the senior squadron of the RAF. And you, like many others, I think, took exception to this. So you, you decided to get airborne with your leaflets to drop on, on neighbouring yeah. airfields just to, uh, yes. to mark the anniversary. Two of them uh, immediately rang up. And it was quite good practice, you know, to give to somebody and just talk to them, brief them how to do it. Well, how and did you also, do it? Sorry? How did you drop oh, you leaflets put them, from a Hawker Hunter? You could do it in, in the flaps, you could put leaflets. <laughs> you know, just, um, so after start-up, um, you just briefed the ground crew to watch what they were doing. And just with ten flap, and they'd put them in uh, after start-up. Yeah. And then you'd close the flaps? Yeah, that's right. And they'd, they'd, they'd be fine then. And likewise, you could, you know, you could put bog rolls in the, in the, in the, the air brake. Air brake, mm. yeah. Which you also did. Yeah, it sounds a bit silly, but it, it was quite, <laughs> it was um, quite easy to do. And yeah. we, we had congratulatory, I think Chivner and Valley immediately rang the CO up. The only complaints he had was not from... Was it Watersham that complained? That's right. The lightning yeah, well, you're right. And it, they were the lightning, the two lightning places that I just, I think I'd just flown over, I think, from memory, <laughs> uh, on the way back, because um, I thought I'd just wake them up. And, <laughs> and uh, God, it was funny after I landed too, because I got through to the lady on the exchange, you know, telephone operator, and, I, and she said, look, I'm sorry, there's going to be a slight delay something I've never known in all my service, she said. <laughs> I've had two lightning calls. Uh, uh, you know, the... It's a high-priority call. Uh, yes, that's them. right. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, really. <laughs> it was yeah. for wartime only, I thought. <laughs> yeah. What was this? Because of these rogue hunters flying? <laughs> yeah, bombing that's right. With they, leaflets and yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> you see, it would look dangerous to lightning people hmm. because of the wing loading they had. Hmm. Well, that, they did do a retaliatory run on... West Raynham, didn't they? One. Yeah, that's clever of you to remember that. I'd forgotten that, but you're well, quite right. I read it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. It wasn't as accurate as your draw. So that was April the 1st itself, the, the actual day that marked the 50th anniversary. That's right. But and that still wasn't uh, enough, obviously, from your point of view. Well, no, in fact, um, then uh, it was a, 
it was the night of the 4th, I think, wasn't it? I was down at Tangmere. Mm -hmm. And the other new flight commander flew the four of us down. So the four hunters? Yeah, to overfly Chichester at a particular time for a parade. And that went well. Yeah. And then we landed there. And there was a party there that night. And the AOC of 38 group was there. Right. And... I don't like repeating this in a way, but his his wife did not know why she was there. And I thought it was amazing, really, because it was quite a long journey for him to come down. And um, I realised that an awful lot of people just didn't know what was happening that didn't week. Didn't know it was the 50th anniversary. Yeah, and that was sort of something that was running through my head. And the other thing, of course, is I'd had these ruddy drugs which were dangerous, actually. They well, were... you were suffering from a really bad cold, weren't you? That's so right. You'd, Goodness you'd me. then taken some pretty strong medication, which may have affected your judgment. Anti well, I don't know about that. It was anti <laughs> antihistamines. I mean, really, they I think they more or less um, had strange effects. Yeah, oh, they yeah. stopped me sleeping or something like that. Yeah. And, that and, and a bit of champagne at the party. Oh, yeah. There was a touch of that. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. And then the plan the next day was to fly back to West Raynham. That's from, right, from yeah. And the very strange thing that, I don't know whether I ever mentioned that, but I went to bed at two or so, I don't know, I can't remember, but it was just after two, I think, and I, I had something that never happened to me at any other stage, whether it was the drugs or the paranormal or whatever you call it. Were you hallucinating? Well, no, I d it was odd, really. But, you know, I had uh, an intense feeling of evil, which never ever happened to me before and it was really strange and you know at that very time you know within 15 minutes of that either way I forget but it was virtually the same as um, Martin Luther King was assassinated really and wow. it was such a strange coincidence it was really eerie you know when I read in the papers mm -hmm. uh, that that had happened and mm -hmm. worked out because I think oh. that was Memphis, I think he was, wasn't it, from memory? So, yes. He was visiting, I think, yep. when he was shot dead. And it was strange because of the difference in timing. Yeah. But, uh, well, I suppose when I woke up, and it, I was just going to be number four from memory, and the boss was, as uh, Spike Jones was number five when we were returning. And then all that was going through my head... Um, the other flight commander was leading because I was going to take the squadron out to Aden. So he was leading and then what was in my mind was I didn't want to declare exactly what idea I had. So you'd, you'd thought this idea up over some period of time? or was No, it no, it was really that night and the morning. But you're quite right, I'd had this very heavy cold and so that I could fly, I took, I got from the, the doctor these... <laughs> series A, believe it or not, antihistamines. Uh, whether they were something new, I don't know. But I'd always had slightly strange things when I had drugs. You yeah. know, I, I was a bit anti or any form of tablets. And whether these affected me in a way, I don't know. But A, I really didn't get much sleep that night. Um, and B, they subsequently because I, I, I got quite fired up about this because I felt they were people had dangerous side effects and very quickly, you know, and within two or three or four years it all came out because, mm -hmm. I mean, um, whatever you write, 
called it. Dangerous side effects weren't even thought about then. Mm. And then gradually it all came in in the next five or ten years. But, um, well, going back to that morning, um, what was uh, slightly fussing me was how to leave the others without telling them what I was doing. Your, so, your plan being, you, just just tell us, remind us what the plan was in your head that morning. Well, I, th I thought I would fly over London because I thought that was the right thing to do mm -hmm. in many ways, just to um, show that we'd still got a fighting service. Yeah. And... Um, and Buzz Westminster. Dear, yeah, yeah, and dear old Mr. Beach, you know, when <laughs> I had this AA book, because once I opened that, I thought, what a crazy idea, because <laughs> if you ever ever find one of those old AA books, I mean, you know, it, it, it just, I very nearly aborted straight away. Just by looking know. at the map. Yeah, because, you, I mean... You didn't have a chart for the area you wanted to no, fly over. No, right? but I, I, I had my quarter-inch map. Mm -hmm. You departed Tangmere as a five ship. That's right, and yeah. I was... The boss was a loose number five. Right. And in a way, he solved my position, my problem straight away because he decided um, just to fly over Tangmere before he left. Quick beat up. Uh, as we, that's right, yeah. yeah. And I thought that's fine because as soon as he turned... Because he was uh, behind you. One way, yeah. yeah. So that means he wasn't watching. And then um, being number four, you see, as soon as we turned um, onto the heading, I just um, closed my throttle and went right down low uh, as soon as almost we just after we'd lifted off. OK. Um, and, you know, I wasn't pulling. I, I just had bank on and it was slowly turning. But I, I kept low. And I, I then just waited a minute or so and probably just over a minute and a minute and a half something like that and just get, gave the speechless code mm -hmm. you get questioned by the other person yeah. you know in the tower yeah. or something like that and um uh just explained that you know in a way i'd lost contact so that was by some clicks was it on the rt yeah you yeah. pressed uh, from i think there were five four, i think you went four, five or five yeah, yeah it was four or five i mm. forget um you you did transmission just like that and that meant you'd gone speechless you know that was fine i mean off they went and not, uh, they were out of the way then as i said i just um, flew very slowly over the over any if I, I thought the safest thing to do was to fly low did you route up through dunsfold did you say was that um, oh sorry that was on the route yeah on the way in. So yeah and here. i thought dunsfold <laughs> yeah because that was the home of the hunter in many ways yeah yeah and then up into southwest london yeah, you're right. What, what sort of height would you have been flying at? You said you kept low. Oh, I don't know. But I didn't want to upset people, but uh, <laughs> but again, not flying when you're flying slowly, you know that. Uh, and slowly, uh, two hundred knots, talking to two fifty. Yes, probably. Yeah, might have been two fifty. I don't yeah. know. That was uh, you know when I was very low, and then of course once uh, I turned um, towards the Thames after from the reservoir. You know, just to the southeast of Heathrow, uh, it was obviously made sense to just follow the Thames. Yeah. And I was surprised how many loops there were in yes, the Thames. It's not. A, <laughs> but I've it tried was, it in a flight simulator. It's not an right. easy thing to, to to follow the actual Thames. It's quite a hard. Uh, yeah, but speed, it was yeah. quite quite interesting, really. And and it was. I. It just felt as I think I probably wrote down. It just felt like sort of Gulliver's Travellers looking down at. A, mm -hmm. uh, it was just like a model village. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was fascinated in many ways yeah. uh, by the bridges, 
yeah. uh, that there were. And, and you were aiming for the Houses of Parliament? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, sod it then, um, I'll wake the buggers up. And <laughs> I, because uh, also I had to turn tightly, because I didn't want to go near Buckingham Palace. I mm -hmm. mean, you probably know, I mean, anything to do with the Queen is always a purple airway. And yeah. I could vaguely see where that was. Yeah. But, um, but I thought over the Palace of Westminster, I thought that was where to make the noise. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I was trying to look down and see where... Uh, Downing Street was, but yeah. found, found that not. That's very hard to find. We used to fly over London. Really? The, um, Seriously? We used to fly over London helicopters a lot. We used to do the heli lanes up and really? down the river. Yeah. And Isn't that I remember always trying to look for 10 Downing Street, and it's next to impossible to find. It, yeah. it just doesn't It doesn't stand out from the air. Maybe on purpose. It yeah. doesn't stand out from the air at all. It's, uh, mm. it's quite hard. So you decided to orbit, circle overhead. Yeah, I, I think the, it the just. Houses of Parliament probably, at low level. probably twice, I don't think. Yeah, maybe anymore. But you obviously yeah. had to put all your power on. Mm -hmm. then to do a tight tight thing round so i thought that'll wake them up <laughs> uh, in it was really to you know let parliament know i think is in many ways and i think they did get the message because two mps actually straight away made statements in my defense yeah. you know mm -hmm. it was interesting really now rumor has it that at the time of the that you did this they were discussing aircraft noise that's right in, yeah strange wasn't it Strange coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Aircraft noise. So you did your three orbits, and that was it. That was that was your plan, mm. and you kind of achieved it. And thought you'd now get out of London by flying easterly down the down the river. Yes. So you head off now down the Thames. Yes, and was it, it was it was magical, really, mm. because mm. I mean it was entrancing in many ways, um, crossing the various bridges and what have you, and swinging round the you know because of the turns and what have you yeah you dipped your wing didn't you at the RAF oh well it was just almost by accident you know there because it was so close and um it was quite a magical experience you know well yeah. you you've flown the choppers yeah. there and yes. you you know it's it's still i, I fly over it now and in really um, good in, in passenger aircraft and it's, i still love flying over london mm. it's, there's still something amazing about flying right mm. over the middle of london mm. yeah uh, really albeit good. a little bit higher than you were but uh, <laughs> yeah no <laughs> just a bit <laughs> yeah so what sort of height are you at now and you're about 250 knots we reckon do we or maybe oh i'd probably faster than that faster then. yeah right. i think once on the thames i think i put the speed up it was only if i was going over um, Houses, yeah. built up yeah. area yeah. or you okay. know i didn't want you know, anyone to have a heart attack or anything like no. that. Okay. So you now getting out of there was that there? So put yeah, on the power. Yeah, right? and it was just, and then of course. Um, Are you talking a hundred feet, two hundred feet? I don't know what height one would be. Yeah, I shouldn't think one's above hundred feet. I wouldn't Gosh. have thought, but I don't know <laughs> because I mean we we were especially tasked to be able to fly our yes. yeah fly and at hundred feet. I mean you couldn't fly obviously. At 100 feet um, operationally, mm. yeah. always at all, yeah. because it was, you know, 100 feet's quite low, you know, when you're flying fast. And then, of course, you know, as you know, I was looking at St Paul's Cathedral and it had scaffolding around then. <laughs> and I was fascinated by, by that. And I was, and then all of a sudden I was looked forward again. And of course, I had no idea Tower Bridge was being there. <laughs> It had been there for several 
several yeah, years. Yeah, but <laughs> you're quite right. But I had no idea that it would be there right in front of me, you know. And to me, the daft thing was we were so used to uh, and training for different targets that to me it was just another little target that would come up, you know, that was quite interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there were just seconds to think it through, literally. It was only about three seconds, I think, to sort out what I was going to do. And I, I went low down over the, I forget what you call it now, just this side of, um, the west side of uh, Tar, oh, Tar it's, Bridge. It's the, Harbour, it's, 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 the Reach there, mm. whatever it's called. And, and I went right down low then, just looked at it and decided quite quickly that the right thing to do was to fly as high as possible. There was this... Um, red bus coming from the north um, crossing and I thought well there's still plenty of room above that <laughs> if I so you'd made the decision at this stage I'm not going to go over I'm going to go through yeah it was quite I mean it's only literally two or three seconds and it just seemed I mean you know it sounded a bit odd but it, it just seemed a very interesting target to me <laughs> you know because that's what we were doing all day and every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> And how to how to do it, yes. and uh, so it seemed logical in a way. Just yeah. to, all, all I was worried about, as I think I mentioned, was having the fin there mm. because at the last second, um, as I flew under, I could see these ruddy great rivets or whatever you call them. <laughs> you know, they they were so big these mm. rivets, and I, they seemed cut so close to me um, over my. So you'd gone purposely a little bit higher over, over my canopy. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to get, stay well clear of the bus <laughs> if I could, and um, that was crossing. And um, I, I had this amazing view as I went under of, as I say, the wide steel structure mm. at the top, which um, you know is where the um, the passengers walk. Sorry, the people crossing the bridge, you know, um, on foot go across um, and then at that second seeing so much of this I, I suddenly thought immediately that I'd got a fin behind you see my my heart stopped with a kind of shock that I thought at any instant my fin's going to come off and I'm going to have to react bloody quickly yeah. you know at that level and uh, then I was out the other side yeah. and everything was quite right. okay and all I did then was, you know, just to go back um, various other places, back to Raynham. So, so you exited out along the river to the Thames Estuary sort of way? Yes, to Hornchurch, Hornchurch. Um, cross near Hornchurch. I think it <clears throat> might even be called Hornchurch Reach, I'm not quite mm. certain, where I just turned to the northeast to Clacton. Yep. And then uh, to keep clear of everywhere and, and then flew round these other two or three places en route. Did you, at this, at this point, did you expect that was your last ever flight with RAF? Or, or well, I didn't you... think it would improve my chances <laughs> of... Uh, no. <laughs> I, it's funny, really. I mean, when I did get my exceptional rating up at, up at Valley, it was strange, really, because, <laughs> um, believe it or not, I was in front of the station commander one day and then all of a sudden the, the CNC was coming in and wanted to fly the net and by then I'd got most net flying experience so I suddenly went from the trouble I'd been in to his ringing up and saying would I fly 
dear old oh Gus Walker, you know, got one arm and he'd had a. I think you might might know the story. Sir Augustus Walker, he was then CNC of Flying Training Command, and it, it was funny the, the, the sudden reversal. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, from being deeply in the dwang, I was then asked to to fly him the the next morning. But life's like that. So just talk us through, you. once you've gone down the Thames, you then decided you, you'd buzz a couple more RAF airfields on the way, on the way well, back up to West Well, and 492, yeah, our, I thought I'd go to let the Americans know where we were. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you adopted a new call sign, I, I believe, at this stage. Well, it seemed to make sense, yeah, <laughs> because uh, uh, just to put them off, really, and the people. And the call sign being? Well, I just, Romeo Alpha Foxtrot 01. <laughs> uh, yeah, RAF zero one. Lovely, but it was only for the you know I don't know why that thought went through my head. Yeah, but you, you know, and fuel was running pretty low by the time you were approaching West Raynham. Well, yeah, I didn't want. I only did a rather inadequate inverted flyby because I. <laughs> why inadequate? In what way was it inadequate? Well, it was um, probably slow and. Uh, then I, I just did an inverted flight over the squadron hangars and then just turned downwind, mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> quite carefully because below the Hunter, if you if you were below 250 a side, mm. 250 pounds on either side, you, yeah. you, you couldn't really accelerate and put all your power on at, at a high angle of attack. So even turn, if you needed turning to do downwind. What you mean? Well, no, it was oh. more. You had to be careful about uh, about how you, how you flew at oh, okay. very low fuel states. Okay. So normally people were landing with three hundred aside. Right. Yeah. And what were the thoughts going through your head at this time? You're, you're about to land the aircraft. You must be, as James alluded to, you must be thinking that's probably the last time I'll be flying for the RAF. I don't think I really thought about that uh, too much. I realised it you know might have consequences but um but you were you were still fairly sort of you were in protest mode if you like it at the time you were you were sort of well legitimately seen... protesting that that the RAF hadn't had oh had yeah it's day out and don't get me wrong because um an awful lot of other people really in the service felt the same way mm -hmm. and they'd also because it was really almost officially denied um that they had originally looked at planning a 50th anniversary flight yeah. pass. But I knew from the Far East, um, uh, someone I knew quite well that was uh, on a squadron out there. I think he was in command of this, one of the, the squadrons out there. I mean, he, he let me know too that um, they'd um, jibbed a bit about the situation being not being very good mm -hmm. and being told the wrong things too. So I, I, was, I wasn't on my own in many ways about feeling the way I did. No. So you landed at West Raynham, taxied in? Taxied fairly slowly in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about what might happen, but... Oh, it's jolly good, really. And I assume everyone who met you immediately were all on side, your, your ground crew and the, um, the squadron guys? Well, I don't, I don't think... Um, don't think the Grand Crew knew. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I just slowly went up the stairs and 
went in and the stage commander was there and, and the boss and whatever. And I thought they were pretty good, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew what had happened then. And uh, So the news had travelled pretty quickly that a Hawker 100 buzzed Houses <laughs> of Parliament, thrown, flown through Tower Bridge. And apparently in the crew room at Chivena, which was a hunter base, I think, wasn't it, in, in Devon, everyone, when the news came through, looked at each other, and to a man, apparently, they went, Pollock. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doubtful about that story. <laughs> that Mike Rondo said that, didn't he? But yeah, he did. I, I, yeah, Mike Rondo, who painted the wonderful oh, yeah, picture of, of your passing through Tower Bridge. It's the well, only visual record we have of it. Yeah, and I've got a lovely one of the the yellow gnat um, yes. that he painted for me. Yeah. Mike Rondo was very, very good. Yes. And he flew Jaguars, as you know, mm. yeah. later. Um, yeah, goodness me, that, uh, his artistry is dramatically good, I think. Mm. He was the only person, I think, that could actually um, paint hunters that looked like hunters, yeah. you know, because it was so good. Such a good-looking, fine-looking aircraft. So aerodynamically, almost looked sort of perfect in many ways, the yeah. design. Yes. That um, it was very difficult to paint, I think. Mm. But Mike Rondo certainly could paint. Yeah. But his story, I think, is a bit specious do you, myself. Do you, <laughs> I have spoken to him at some length about it. We might come on to that in a moment because I just want to get back to your your arrival at West Raynham. Didn't you? Wasn't one of the first things you did to burn your map? Yes, was it, it the was AA map or another? No, your no, chart? it was my... It was all... Um, I suppose I'd been using it for some time and... I just, I think I'd quickly put some headings on and the whole thing was a bit crumpled and in my head I didn't think it was very professional. To, <laughs> I, I thought, goodness me, I was gonna, there's going to be a court-martial or something like that. I don't want some senior person looking at this. Dragging out this map. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was through my head and I just uh, borrowed, borrowed some matches from, it might have been a silly thing to do, I don't know, but it's through my head I, I didn't want that as evidence, you know, of how uh, it just seemed a bit incompetent to have a map like that. Uh, so that was the story on the map. Yeah. And so, then you, you handed yourself in. Is that right? Did you suggest to the senior officers there, well, you might as well arrest me now? I was quite impressed with the station commander and, the, and my boss, you know. They were pretty cool about it, I thought. Um, you know... And uh, and you're right. Then I, yeah. And then I was up in the officers' mess. I rang, was able to ring my mother-in-law, <laughs> who I thought was the right person to sort of just to <laughs> let know. There might be some, to, might be some to, flack coming. To tell everyone, yeah, there might be problems. And um, and I said to let them know that I might be not in my normal place for two or three days. And then I was a bit naughty, really, because if you're in the mess and that, I think I was—I think I had to stay in my room or something like that. I think there was an officer looking after, in a way that I didn't go and escape or something. I suppose. So I you were, you were under close arrest. Yeah, I suppose it was for a day or a couple mm. of days. I don't know, but of course, I, being a bit evil, I uh, <laughs> I sucked him into a room and then locked him. <laughs> <laughs> Locked him in this room, and then I thought it wasn't very sporting, and <laughs> thought, yeah, it was funny, really. That was dear old David Ainge. Yeah, who I knew quite well. 
<laughs> you know, I thought you mustn't take advantage of friends that can be e e e easily be suckered like that. <laughs> and so the next thing was you would expect you expected to get a court martial, but that didn't happen, did it? No, I think for various reasons it was quite interesting, because I I, I don't think the government were too happy about the whole thing, and you know, as I say. Whether or not it affected things, this fact that that very week, uh, the um, Wilson. Wilson coup plot, yeah. you know, where they were actually talking about whether or not that affected... So they were worried that a, that a court-martial would be a public sort of... Yeah, that's right. A, a chance for you to give, give your case and... That's right, about up. what had gone wrong and mm -hmm. what yeah. what was happening and the cancellations and the feelings. Is, because it wasn't just the Air Force. I mean, other people, other services too had had the... Cuts, sorry, defence cuts. So, in denying you the court martial, they invalided out you. Out well, of the that was partly true, really, because I had this. Whether or not, I think it was these ruddy things, these the um, uh, antihistamine things. Because it was Good. pneumonia in the end, wasn't it? You had. That's right. It's yeah, serious. you had. Yeah, you're quite right. But they really stifled you. They they denied you the opportunity to to make that point of why you'd done that protest flight. Down well, the yes, but I don't know. I think it was bound to happen in a way. Mm. Do you think your message got out? Anyway, did anyone at the time know why you'd done it? And oh, I, well, I think it was probably fairly obvious. Yeah, mm. I think. But uh, you know, because the services weren't that happy about all those cuts. Yeah, mm. and that was right the way across. Because in fact, I think I had. It was rather splendid because I. I had 102 letters, I think it was. Really? Yeah, and I think at least two, I think, were from the Navy. And what was the general reaction, do you think, of, of fellow pilots and other members uh, of the I Air Force? I really don't know too much about that. They, they must have thought good on him, predominantly, didn't they? Even if some of them weren't prepared to admit it. Well... Oh, it's a cracking maybe. bit of flying. Mm, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I don't think it was any... Because we were, you know, all day and every day we were at low-level... You know, so I don't think it was anything that special about about it in many ways. Should we just let this little chap go over? <laughs> Giving his own salute. Mm. Yeah, that's good. This guy's been fairly quiet, I should think. We've yeah. over Cranley from the usual Gatwick. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, we've noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, because you've probably noticed it too, haven't you? Yeah. Um, your last flight was from Heathrow into Gatwick, wasn't it? That was my last flight. Really? So I, I, I did that about, about four weeks ago, yeah, three weeks ago. Really? Yes. And when you say it's your last flight? I said, no, the last flight I did. The, the, oh, yeah. The, the last oh, flight. Johnny, good. Yeah, we hope yeah. it. We don't know <laughs> yeah. it. We don't, we don't know <laughs> um, Mike Rondo, who I spoke to, the, the artist who did this wonderful picture, also told me that apparently at the, in 88 which would have been, or maybe it was later than that, around the time of maybe yeah. the 70th anniversary of, yeah. of the RAF, a signal went to all frontline squadrons to warn them that Alan Pollock might be on the loose and be prepared to take one of the aircraft and repeat his feat of 1968. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently that's, that's genuine. There was a genuine signal Go going around warning frontline squadrons to be on the lookout <laughs> for Alan Pollock. That, that's a... You know, you're reminding me of something that might have gone through my head then. Really? You had? You, were you still flying at this stage, in any way or not? No, not no. really. No. Have you flown? Did you fly much since leaving the uh, Royal Air Force? Not really. No, because <coughs> after 
leaving Dennis, I went to flight simulation, right. which was quite interesting. Wrote an article in flight because I was, I I was fascinated by uh, what, you know, low grade simulator could be, and also for air combat. Yeah. Um, and wrote about that in flight once. So that the the arrival at West Raynham in your lovely Hunter was your final flight for the. Oh Army. yeah. Yes, but uh, I think I was able to fly. In, I think it was fifty-two aircraft. I was very lucky, really. Yeah. Fly the Javelin and Meaches and mm. um, things because they were all around then. Mm. I wasn't that impressed with the Swift. No, well, I, I think but, the, the Swift looked lovely. Mm. Obviously, came from this great heritage of a supermarine mm. that flew like a pig. <laughs> You're right. I it mean, was straight wings as well, yeah. wasn't it? Or, or, or did the Swift have the swept? Wings? No, it had swept wings. Well, all it did right, have swept but wings. it was really compared with the Hunter. I mean, it had no performance it was, in climb. It was a direct sort of competitor of the Hunter, the, the Swift. Yeah, um, in a just, way. But didn't. But the, they what it was good fighter reconnaissance. Yes, it was very good on the fighter reconnaissance, and of course, our cameras were. Britain had always been very good at uh, recce cameras. Mm. Vinton, I think, did most of the cameras from memory. Mm. Um, and they were jolly good, because I was amazed. I only had one trip in the, in the Swift, mm. and it was so easy to get um, dramatic, easy pictures. Yeah. You know, I was intrigued. I'm, I mean, they just told me in five minutes how to do it. Mm. And, and but, most of the aircraft you flew, or a lot of the aircraft you flew, there were no two seaters when you, when you flew. So you, the first time you fly it, you're well. There were, I suppose you're on your own. only about five of those. I think I didn't have trainers, but Gosh. and you did the javelin. You didn't do the javelin course. You just no. I was very lucky because most people had to go to where? What was it then? In the, where the javelin OCU was? Because yeah, I, I was amazed really because mm. uh, yeah, I was being slightly cheeky when I. <laughs> To get a quick um, check out. It didn't have a great the, reputation, the Javelin. the Javelin, did it? it was, no. It had problems. See, sometimes it seemed to turn quite well with its delta wing. Mm -hmm. Quite a big fin, didn't it? it was a That's right. Fin yeah, I mean, you, 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 it had a dirty great mm -hmm. uh, tailplane, didn't it? Yeah. So just going back quickly to the, um, the Tower Bridge thing, S since then, have you looked at the the dimensions of, of the, the hunter versus the bridge and seeing how far, how far and, a, and, a, and a bus and a double deck bus <laughs> and seeing how far you, you, you no had but I mean it, it wasn't it was it nothing didn't feel it was nothing tricky about it it was nothing difficult <laughs> no no it all and, and just I mean you know I forget my daughter quite correctly probably said it was a silly thing to say but I mean it it was just another target to yeah. me you know yeah. in that instant we were you know, we were doing so much of that type of... And that, that was your bread and butter almost? If you yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that it just... Instantly, I didn't, I didn't know it was there. Turned round. <laughs> I was looking, as I say, at the scaffolding round the <laughs> St Paul's Cathedral, you know, which seemed a bit strange. Mm. And then looked forward and, you know, just dived down over that reach, you know, just before you get to Tarbridge. So I'd got a few extra seconds to think about it and then it seemed the obvious thing to do <laughs> mm. you were eventually exonerated by the RAF weren't you but not until about 1982 well oh I don't know no that was to do with my pension yeah oh. no which was quite interesting that no I'd, I'd forgotten about what you said there yeah that was quite interesting really yeah because of the contradiction of of 
their position on that. And I, I thought uh, if they were going to take the pension away from me as well as everything else, you know, they should have court martialed me. And even mm. then, uh, you know, other things would have come out. Well, mm -hmm. they invalided you out on medical grounds before you'd even had the medical. You're, you're right. I mean, they'd... And I think it was a very senior medic, that's right. I think it was in... I think it was an air, air vice marshal or something, mm -hmm. in charge, top... Top medic guy. Medi medical mm -hmm. guy, you know. And I thought it was a bit rich in a funny way, <laughs> you know, to, to have that without... Um, without the medical. But, you know, they could have been right, I don't know. And you were obviously... I'd say being a little mischievous goes back earlier in your career because you were told, I believe, that the Nat could never do low-level formation aerobatics. Well, that was when we started, yeah. So and I mean, that was absolute rubbish because, <laughs> you know, we went up and, I'm, I mean, I've got this lovely painting there of the yellow Nat because mm -hmm. um, you're quite right, we were... It, it was forbidden to do formation aerobatics and, I mean, that was lunatic. In the Nat? Yeah, mm. to start with. Mm. And so that led to the formation of a, of the three of you, sort of. Well, that was right. That was Lee Jones and Earl Feach, Roger Hymans. He'd been on Treble One and the Black Arrows, mm -hmm. and I was lucky really because I'd got a lot of um, nat experience by then. Yeah. Well, that uh, was the creation of the Yellow. Yellow. Jacks, that's right. The Yellow Jacks. Just a f that was just one year of the Yellow Jacks. And did you fly with the Yellow Jacks? Were you well, part only of the team? no. I was the first person to. Dear old Lee, I think partly because, you know, I'd got quite a lot of experience on the nap by then, um, offered me the number three slot, you know, which was where I was on the number three side, you know, the left side. Yeah. And then I was also doing the display flying, the singleton. And, you know, with my commitments then, and also I was starting, I'd been asked to start the second squadron up at Valley because there wasn't a... There wasn't a squadron leader then that could... Um, there wasn't around that got the experience or was going to come up. So that was the second Nat squadron at, at Valley? That's right, mm. yeah. So your commitment to Valley made you decide to decline the offer of being a, a member well, of the Well, it was partly the fact team. that I was starting the second squadron, yeah, yeah, and there was no squadron leader there to do it or in the pipeline. But you did demonstrate with them. You flew with them as these as not the really no no, no. <coughs> because i i just did all the solo displays <coughs> that year hmm. um but the fact that you you and lee proved that the nat was a very capable formation aerobatic oh, yeah. aircraft yeah good actually for led to the formation oh, of the yeah. red arrows yeah that's right the yellow jacks that year you see um proved that the whole thing was right because it was partly I'm not blaming Central Flying School, but between Central Flying School, I think, and and the powers that be, they'd made this decision that no formation aerobatics, you know, which, which was silly, really. And as I say, I mean, to start with, before it came in, the Nat did have a bad name. Mm -hmm. But, uh, oh no, it was splendid. It's like the, like the Hunter, really, the splendid thing. He used to do, and I was amazed others didn't do it, was to take them up and dive down supersonically and then uh, roll uh, your hunter or the net when you were supersonic going down. And it was 
intriguing, really. A supersonic roll is quite a... Well, can it not be people, people never thought of doing it, but, I mean, yeah. it was quite a straightforward thing. <laughs> mm. And um, have you sort of had any continued chat with the Red Arrows? Do you, do you have any, any sort of... Are they involved, involved well, in history? Well, I, I mean, Ray Hanna I knew quite yeah. well, but, you know, the New Zealand guy. And also two of my students, I was quite pleased. Two of my students were in the early Red Arrows mm -hmm. on the listings. Yeah. So the Yellow Jacks were around for a year. The Red Arrows were only supposed to be around for a year or two. That was that was the the, the plan. Well, the Red Arrows, yeah, followed the following year. Mm -hmm. They um, started the Red Arrows after the Yellow Jacks yeah. had started. And, it. and at that stage in the Air Force, every squadron had some sort of display team. You're right. There was, but that was almost going out by then. Right. In a funny way, but earlier than that, you're quite right. Right. Brilliant. Do, do you think your your flight over Westminster and through Tower Bridge made a difference in any way, Alan? Well, Apart from to your career, obviously. I've, I've no idea, really. But, well, but, I suppose the, the good thing is, 50 years later, we did rather celebrate the, uh, the, 100th, the 100th anniversary. Yes, that was, that's uh, very true. That was good to see. Oh, yeah. They did quite a good job then. Did you go they? out to watch that? Were you, um, were you invited to stand on the bridge? <laughs> oh, well, somebody else mentioned that, but no... <laughs> No, you were, your phone wasn't being tapped again, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, that. Well, thank yeah. you very much. No. It's been absolutely fascinating well, and inspiring. I wouldn't say that. So, oh, it, it, has. Really has. it really it has. has. Um, and the stories are just uh, well, amazing. So thank you. No, good to see you both. And all the best with whatever you're up to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever this thing whatever is. Whatever this thing yeah. is. Well, that was the indomitable Alan Pollock and Cat speaking to James and me in his garden, for which huge thanks to him and his lovely wife for putting up with us. Do please tell your friends and family about us and pass on these magical interviews we've been getting so that others can benefit from some of the amazing and inspirational stories that we've been privileged to hear. Coming soon, we'll have our tribute to the wonderful Queen of the Skies, the Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet, which includes a story of some heroic flying. And we've got lots more stuff planned too. And do let us know any stories you'd like us to feature and we'll try and make it happen. Remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Top Landing Gear. And if you could just send in a question for James, just, just ask how he is. Uh, then please email us at info at toplandinggear.com, two Gs. Uh, you can also use our social media pages if you'd rather. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. And bye for now. This is Top Landing Gear. You're innately quite a mischievous individual. Well, I wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> no, no. But one's got to enjoy life. Exactly. Right. Yeah.